Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you might be, covering my bases. One thing I can say with certainty is happy December. We are in the last month of the year. Hope and pray your Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend uh, were good. I hope and pray that you've started the week well, and hope and pray this finds you well. Really do. I was praying this morning for uh, different folk, just that the spirit of freedom and the spirit of joy would be really evident in their life. And just praying that wherever you might be, if you're in a hard season, uh, that the Lord would be lifting you up and encouraging you. If you're in a good season, the Lord would be using you to help others who aren't in a good season, right? That's how the body of Christ should work. That's how the fellowship of brothers and sisters, the, the fellowship of the saints should work. So... I am outside today, just letting you know. It is a beautiful 42-degree day here, at least, in Corridon, Indiana, in my backyard. But I'm sitting here with the sun. Um, you know, it's one of those, it's that season, right, where the sun is a little bit more, uh, let me say, it's less taken for granted, I think, this during this season, right, than it is usually in the spring and summer especially in the summer and late summer, but man, it's just really good to soak up the sun. And so I'm outside enjoying the beauty. You might hear a few birds chirping. Um, I've had squirrels and and a lot of squirrels, like they come up right to you and they look at you like you're supposed to give them something. <laughs> I've had, so you might hear some skittering of squirrels. I don't know. It's uh, crazy. So, hey, uh, so blessed. And so it's so surreal. It is still so surreal that we, uh, Pam and I, my wife and I, placed our first order, bulk order of the book, The Person and the Power, for uh, the church here and for folks locally that ordered. Uh, we've placed the bulk order, so that should be here sometime next week. Plenty of time for uh, handing them out before Christmas. And uh, and I just am so, so humbled. I really am, uh, friends. I, I it's, uh, didn't go into this. And as my publisher friend says in in Ohio, she says, you don't go into publishing books for to be rich at all. Um, some folks might go into it to kind of make a name for themselves, but you sure don't make do it for rich, any kind of riches. And, uh, and so for me, I know the whole point of this, um, as hopefully led by the Spirit of God, has been to make sure that there is a, a, a book in the hands of folks to help us cultivate a, a deep and profound relationship with the very one who lives within us, and that is the Holy Spirit. So trusting and praying that that is indeed what God will use this book for. So uh, I am I'm grateful. I really am, guys. I, it's just, um, yeah, it's humbling. It's, it's, it's just um, really kind of beyond um, comprehension at times. I kind of I find myself shaking my head a lot like, I wrote a book, <laughs> so uh, I really do, uh, I, I so appreciate the prayers and the support, uh, if, uh, again, and if, uh, just really pray that the book blesses folk and, and encourages folks to, to folk to, to, to understand and to cultivate a relationship 
with the one living within them. That really is the heart, the heart, the heart of the book. And as uh, if you know me, you know me, you know that's my preaching and teaching uh, for years now, and especially the last couple of years, I've just really, because I keep finding folk who just don't, uh, they still don't know, they don't understand, or they, they're not, they're not aware of the privilege and the, 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 the word that comes to me is the majesty of knowing that God lives within them. Come on. I mean, that's just, that's, it's, it should be mind altering, life transforming kind of truth that just sets us on the path of if, if God lives within me by the third person of the, of the Trinity, equal to the son and the father then I want to cultivate that relationship. Amen? So anyway, uh, I, I, I digress, but I just wanted to say uh, thanks for all the support, all the uh, encouragement. Um, I still get some, I, I get, I've, I've actually gotten a lot of comments about uh, the book and, and uh, just saying, yeah, again, um, they appreciate it and all that. So thank you. I, again, it's, it's humbling. So, all right, let's turn our attention to the person and the power in a different way. So the person and the power podcast, the person and the power, the name of the book. But for this podcast, we're still in that series. We might be in that series for a while, finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And we go, uh, we do leave the book of Genesis. We could have, I, I played around. There's a couple other places where uh, you, could, you could kind of see the Spirit of God doing some things. But I thought, you know, let's probably need to move on. Otherwise, we might still be uh, in Genesis uh, in 2025. So I wanted to, let's, let's move on. So we're in Exodus. And we're uh, about midway through Exodus. We'll, we'll start at chapter 28. And so uh, the question that comes to me sometimes, and the question that I know we've talked about before in Bible studies and, and in preaching, um, so Pentecost happens, right? Acts 2. Pentecost happens, and that is when the Spirit of God fills the believers, uh, their, their faith in Christ. They've been, uh, they've, been made, they've been born again in, in, through the blood of Christ and through their confession and through the supernatural working of the Spirit of God. Uh, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this here, I'm sure, many times, but, but just uh, helping us understand uh, the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation is critical, critical, critical. In fact, you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. You can't. And uh, but how would you? How could you be if the Trinity is actually the unity? Of, if there's if there's unity of the Trinity, if the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are co-equal, if they are co-eternal, if they are co-worthy, then then if they are co-omnipotent, and and if they if everything about them is co, meaning uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit equal. If that, and that's our Christian faith for centuries now, and for uh, two thousand plus for two thousand years, that's been our that's been our faith. That's our standard, the Trinity. If that's true, then the Spirit of God has to have a critical, critical role in salvation. Amen. Has to. So the 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 very one of the first parts of and this is what we see about hovering, right? This this ro- this very word that we looked at at the beginning of this series, finding the Holy Spirit in in the Old Testament, is hovering. So. You have the right as a Christian, and in fact, not only a right, but maybe the responsibility to pray, Holy Spirit, hover over my unsaved family member, insert name, right? Uh, Hover over my neighbor, insert name. Hover, Holy Spirit, hover. Because it's the Holy Spirit who is going to bring life and bring conviction and bring an awareness. So you want people, you want people uh, to be aware of, uh, of their sin. You want people to be aware of their lostness. 
you you that you need you know, uh, the the <laughs> Jack one of my favorite movies you know a few good men Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise bellowing at each other in the courtroom you can't handle the truth I want the truth and we want we need conviction you have to have conviction um, uh, Jack Nicholson yelling at Tom Cruise you need me on that wall <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit you must have we have to have the Holy Spirit to convict us. Without the Holy Spirit's convicting, there is no salvation. Uh, if all we're doing is saying a, a little bit of a prayer and all we're doing is kneeling at an altar or uh, in a revival or uh, and we're weeping and, and we're making some emotional decision or we're going into or we're being dipped into some water only. Mm, uh, some of y'all already ooh, don't go there, but I can. And I will because water baptism cannot, does not save. If water baptism saves you, uh, we're in trouble. We're a world of hurt, and the Bible is just packed full of lies. Um, the only thing that saves us is the blood of Christ. And we have the, we have the privilege of accessing the, the, the power of salvation through our faith. His grace saves us alone. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, saved a wretch like me, right? And so the only thing that saves us is His grace. What's compiled in that grace, what's comp what comprises the grace is the blood of Christ, the work of Christ on the cross and through the tomb. Both have to be a one-two punch, right? And so the, the cross... Uh, the, the sacrifice of sin, and also then the resurrection to new life. So both of those uh, have to be evident and they have to be real. They have to be real. That's why Jesus had to have risen in a real body, not just a spiritual form. And, and, and that's why there had to have been real blood. And, and, and so there had to have been real. And because we are real, we, we, have this, we are in the physical, then there's the spiritual. So salvation has to be both spiritual and physical, if that's making sense. And so uh, the, the work of the Spirit is critical, critical, critical. Just like the work of the the Son is uh, is critical, and the work of the Father is critical. Amen. So again, we see this beautiful tr unity of the Trinity. So understanding the work of the Holy Spirit is is in, in salvation is absolutely critical. And so here's the question I get sometimes: is uh, going back to a couple of minutes ago, the question I get sometimes is, uh, did the Spirit of God fill anybody in the Old Testament? And the the general answer to that is no. The specific answer to that is yes. And, and so the general filling of the church for the work of building the church, the kingdom of God, church with a capital C, not a denomination or not your own individual church, but the work of building the church of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God on earth, is predicated on Acts 2 and Pentecost. That's why we, I, I tell folks all the time, we're Pentecostals. I don't care what church you go to, I don't care if you're Baptist, uh, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, I don't care what you are. If you're saved, born again, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're Pentecostal. I don't care, and that has nothing to do with the denomination. That's, that describes who you are, because we are still living in the season of Pentecost. Why? Because that's that's what that's what Scripture tells us. That's why Acts uh, Acts finishes the way it does. Acts does not finish with a nice little neat little bow. It's been said before. Um, we are Acts twenty nine. There's twenty eight chapters in Acts. We. We are Acts 29. We continue the story of the acts of the apostles, the acts of the disciples, the acts of the Holy Spirit working through men and women of God. So we continue the book of Acts. Amen? And so we are Pentecostal, and, and so God has sent the Spirit of God to fill us. So that's, how, that's what happened at Pentecost. Has God, did God ever fill anyone with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Yes. And this is where we see the really the first evidence here in Exodus. Um, could it be argued that God filled Joseph 
we talked about this last week with his dreams, with the interpretation of dreams. Um, yes, it, we could easily say that God filled him, uh, but, God, God, but there's this sense of, of um, hovering that's not a filling, and there's a sense of a filling that's not a hovering. And, and there is a, a and you know, not, not trying to split hairs, but there is a sense of God working among, through the Spirit of God, working and even resting on. And I think prepositions are important. I, I, I wish I'd paid more attention to Mrs. Grimes' uh, grammar class in, in, in high school. But, but prepositions are important. So resting in, residing in, and resting on. Say those two words, resting on, abiding in. Those are two important concepts. Resting on, hovering, abiding in. That's residing. Um, and and, and that's, that's the dwelling. That's the dwelling. So we see a first ever, again, to be argued possibly with Joseph and the dreams, but we see a first ever dwelling right here in Exodus. And we see this a couple different times. So there's two points I want to make today with the podcast here in the, in the minutes that we have. Um, one is God is God. God has principles that he follows. He is held, listen, God is held to his own standard. God is held to his word. Um, God, God's, I mean, God has set apart a covenant that he's held to. So he's, he, and this speaks about, he, and this is mentioned in Hebrews, God holds himself basically to his own word. So God can't fail his word, okay? So God has set forth principles that he, that he won't, he, he can't fail and he can't go against, okay? And, not or, and God is God. God can do anything he wants. Why? Because God is God. There's this mystery, all right? That doesn't mean he goes against his word. Never, ever, ever. But if the general principle is the Old Testament filling that the, the people are filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time ever in Mass, as a result, as an answer to the prophecy, as a fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel 2, right? In the last days, uh, men and women uh, will be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, they will prophesy. They will dream dreams and see visions and all that. If that's the, if that's the uh, fulfillment in Acts 2, Pentecost, could people be filled before then? Yes, because God is God. Does that make sense? hope that makes sense. So here in Exodus, Exodus 28, uh, first one, we'll look at four verses in Exodus, all right, and, and, and uh, we'll wrap up. So the first point, there's two points today, especially, and, and um, you know, as always, there's two points, but there's 17, right? <laughs> so, um, but the first, the main two points, one is, can God fill, has, did God fill people with his spirit in the Old Testament? The answer is yes, okay? Was that a pattern? Was that a, a rule of thumb? No, that was going to happen in Acts 2, but could God do what he wanted to do? Yes, because he did. And because he's God, all right? So, Exodus 28. Um, this is uh, uh, the, the calling for the brothers, uh, Aaron and his sons, um, setting them apart uh, to minister, to be priests. And, uh, and he's instructing now. God uh, is, is using, speaking through Moses. And Moses, in the, by the power of God, instructing the people to make sacred garments for Aaron uh, that are glorious and beautiful. Verse 2 in chapter 28. Look at verse 3, Exodus 38. In, uh, I'm sorry, Exodus 28. Exodus 28, verse 3. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Wow, right there. That's really the first real 
wording. That's the first real uh, phraseology that we get of being filled. Again, you can make an argument for Joseph, but this is where you actually see the word filled with the spirit of wisdom. So here we go. Right here, certain craftsmen, we don't know the names of the craftsmen, but we just know they're supposed to what they're supposed to make. They're supposed to make garments uh, for the priests. They're supposed to make garments for the priest. And for the, even for, it goes on, uh, the design for the chess piece. Um, uh, and, and just incredible. If you read that, uh, there's an old saying um, that um, Satan is in the details. Uh, that's, li- that's a lie. That's, tr- that's not true. God is in the details. All you got to do is read Exodus. All you got to do is read Genesis 1. Day one, day two, day three, day four. There's an order. There's an order. There's an order. There's details. There's details. All you all, all you gotta do is read uh, the different places throughout uh, the first five books of the Old Testament, in the design of the temple, the design of the design of the tabernacle, the design of the clothing right here, um, the making of anointing oil. Detail after detail after detail. God is in the details of your lives, friends. Do not ever think. That God is not in the details. Some people may need to hear this. This after 25 minute podcast, people may, this, some people may need to hear just this part right here. I hear this all the time as a pastor. Well, pastor, you know, God's got more important things than to deal with my fill in the blank. Nope. God is in the details of your lives. God is in the very, very deep. He's in the absolute most intricate, most small, most minute details of your life. God is in it. Let him in it. And believe it. Believe it. We talked at Bible study last night about letting uh, you get to choose if you're in the inner circle. God God no longer chooses his inner circle. You choose whether or not you get to be in the inner circle of God. So I pray that you choose to be in the inner circle of God. I pray that you choose to be a friend of God. I pray that you choose and you understand that God wants to be involved in every detail. So so here's this first passage in, in, in Exodus 28, right? And, and he goes on a few chapters about uh, all the details and uh, uh, the craftsmen and, and uh, working for the plans for the wash basin, the anointing oil, like I mentioned, all this, okay? Um, and now uh, we, we skip to verse uh, chapter 31. So go to Exodus 31, okay? Exodus 31, verse 3. Exodus 31, verse 3, and look at this. I'm going to start at verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically now chosen Bezalel. Be, uh, so Beza, Bezalel, Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, look at this, ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. Wow. Um, so right there, just so specifically, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now, uh, not just but you know, back in uh, chapter twenty-eight, you saw a spirit of wisdom. But that word "spirit" means rock. Okay, it means it's spirit. But again, and I'm about to make a second point here in just a few minutes. So two points: Can people were people filled with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Absolutely. Was it a general practice? Absolutely not. But was it a was did God do what did God do that at times? Absolutely, we see it right here. He filled people at times. The Spirit of God, for the most part, rested upon people. That's the language that you'll see, and it's a really big key. God, Spirit of God, resting upon people. The Spirit of God. Listen, this is really important. The Spirit of God rested upon people who were not believers of of Yahweh, of Jehovah. The Spirit of God cannot dwell within a person 
now that we, you know, through the work of Christ and, and Pentecost, the only way that we know the Spirit of God can rest inside a person's spirit is by giving their life over to Jesus. So, so no one, and this is clear in Romans, this is clear, if, you, if, you're, not, if, if you're, you're not a child of God, if you don't have the Spirit of God, that's what it says in Romans, that's what it says in three or four different places in the New Testament. You and I, we cannot, no one can be filled with the Spirit of God if we don't belong to Christ. So the on, resting on, and, and residing in are very different and very unique and very important terms. So the only way that the Spirit of God can live inside of you now is you have faith in Christ. That's the only way. So the Spirit of God cannot live in you. You, he, he, you cannot be the host of the Holy Spirit without giving your life over to Jesus. You cannot. Can he rest on you? Absolutely. We see that all throughout. And that's, in fact, that's the general principle in the Old Testament. That's the, that's, the, that's the norm in the Old Testament. He rests on people. But here, again, Spirit, uh, Spirit of God. It just says, very, verse 30, uh, chapter 31, verse uh, 3, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. All right? And especially for craftsmen, and I wonder, uh, are you doing all that you need to do for the Lord? Do you know that you, he's given you um, the ability and so now this points to, and we'll talk about this later, but he, this points to what? If he's given, if, he, if God has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God for great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all crafts, what does that pair up with in the New Testament? Come on, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and 13. 13, the love chapter, but it hinges with the gifts, right? The, uh, but, you know, the love chapter has nothing to do with marriages, right? It has everything to do with gifts. So now we, we pair this up with 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, where God has given us what? Gifts. He has filled us with his spirit, the body of Christ. With He's filled us. And so now we operate in gifts, crafts. See the, see, see the parallel? Thousands of years later, but we're still talking about, you know, he's filling... Bezalel, Bezalel with, with the Spirit of God to do crafts to work for the kingdom of God here and we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit to use the gifts. We can't, listen, we can't operate, we can't serve God well unless we know our gifts. I don't know how many people still sit in pews. Maybe, I don't know how many people who listen to podcasts who do not know their gifts. You do not know that you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you do not know what gifts you have. But how do you serve the kingdom of God unless you know, unless you're using the gifts that God's given you? And how do you use the gifts God's given you if you don't know the gifts God's given you? Amen? So I, I want to encourage you. Understand that you are a craftsman, craftswoman. You are filled with the Spirit of God if you're a Christian. You can be more filled, yes. But you're filled with the, you're filled with the Spirit now. If you're a Christian, you're filled with the Holy Spirit now. And you have a craft to offer to the kingdom. Amen? That is my second point. You have a craft. You are to be used as a craftswoman, a craftsman. You are to be used for the kingdom of God. Amen? All right, uh, let's finish with Exodus 35 really quick. A uh, couple minutes here, Exodus 35. Um, I hope you hear the pages turning. I don't know if you hear that. One of my favorite sounds of all time is the pages of a Bible turning. And I'm fine with Bible apps. I'm fine with Bibles on your phone, but man, I love a Bible page turning, okay? So it's just one of my favorite sounds as a pastor, as a Christian. All right, here we go. A couple of minutes here. Exodus 35, two verses. Exodus 35, once again, this is, uh, it starts with the instructions of the Sabbath. It goes to offerings. This is what's really cool. And we can kind of pick up on this. We'll see this later on. But offerings for the tabernacle, 
Man, this is cool. And so uh, Moses tells, says to the whole community in verse 4, here's what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering. So here's a sacred offering to build the tabernacle. Look at verse 21. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came forward and brought the sacred, sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle. Um, I've said this before. Um, make this quick. The Spirit of God, spirit is spirit, spirit to spirit. The Spirit of God must speak to our spirit. We all have a spirit that's been given to us from God. The Holy Spirit, uh, 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 Ruach HaKadosh, speaks to our Ruach HaAdam. Our, uh, yeah, uh, so we have the man spirit, uh, uh, spirit of man. But the two must communicate. That's how the Spirit of God communicates with us. We can have the mind of Christ. We have a new heart. But he first and always starts with communicating with our spirit. Amen? And look at this. We'll end with this in verse 35. Go a little further in verse 31. Um, uh, they've taken up the offering. And look at this. Once again, he says, The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, expertise, and all kinds of crafts. And he goes on to continue to talk about his, his ex, him excelling as a craftsman. So I want to encourage him. I want to encourage you a couple things. Number one, um, the, the Holy Spirit is not supposed to rest on you anymore because as a Christian, the Holy Spirit is supposed to live within you, right? And if the Holy Spirit lives within you, then he has, he has given you great ability to do the work of a craftsman. For the kingdom of God. Say craftsman. What, I don't know what craft he asked you to do. Um, craftswoman, craftsman. I don't know what he has given you to do. But, but you have gifts. We see this in the Old Testament. He has filled you with his same, the same Holy Spirit. In order to work for the kingdom of God. With gifts. And to be a master craftsman. Say master craftsman. I encourage you my friends. To be the master craftsman that God has called you to be. Why? Because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Be blessed. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.